What's up, fam, and welcome to the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. This podcast is meant to give you easy, implementable, no BS advice to help make you stronger, more resilient, and bring out your inner badass to help you get back to doing the things you love with the people you love. I am your host, Dr. Tyler Bordick. I am a physical therapist, a strength conditioning coach, and co-owner of Inner Strength Physio Fitness Athletics in Pittsburgh. If you're ready, jump on the bus, buckle in, and let's rock and roll. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. Doc T here, and it is episode 41. And I am super psyched to have a friend and a colleague here today, Dr. Ryan Livingston, and we will be discussing fixing the spine without surgery. Go figure, we're going to talk about not doing surgery to heal yourself. What a surprise. A um, little bit about Dr. Livingston, to, and then obviously he can brag about himself after that, but... Uh, Dr. Ryan, he is a doctor of chiropractic um, medicine. He is a medical researcher, a business and performance coach, a practitioner through natural health and healing, and a walking miracle from, as he likes to say, and it's definitely, if you read it, um, if you look at his social media, you can definitely see that and gain that. So Ryan, how are you doing today, my man? I am doing wonderful. How about you? I'm good. I am good. I'm good. You know, I, what I love about these podcasts is it helps everyone to realize that PTs and Kairos don't always hate each other. <laughs> That's funny. And it's, um, it's kind of the general consensus. So very good. Very good. So to kind of roll here a little bit, Dr. Ryan, I kind of already went into this a little bit, but um, you have a very fascinating story um, as you know, you are kind of a walking miracle and it's really seemed like it's kind of um, created the path of how you practice nowadays and what your vision is for the future as far as medicine goes. And uh, so you want to describe that a little bit for us, just so we can get a little bit more background information on you and how you think? Yes, absolutely. I can do that. So I'll give the too long, didn't read, summary version, Cliff Notes style. Okay. I was born with a potentially congenital issue, which I actually truly do believe that was actually a spinal issue from birth due to the C-section. I was a twin. I believe it was complications during the birth that shouldn't have happened. And given that on my radiographs, for those listening, that's another way to say x-rays. Given on my x-rays, the only area that I had major evidence of issue was right around the region where there is liver and pancreatic innervation. And for those listening, that means that there's areas of your spine that control and coordinate areas of your body, which we'll get into later is about posture and right around the area in my mid back where those nerves exit and go to the liver and pancreas, which is, and the gallbladder, which is where my issue is, is you can see degeneration on the x-ray. Mm -hmm. So is that biased or not? I don't know. I am a chiropractor now. I, and, and given my upbringing and my birth complications and then my entire asthma, allergies, chronic ear infections, chronic uh, allergies, sinus issues, uh, asthma and allergy attacks, severe ones that would send me to the ER. I don't remember a lot of this. My, my mother has to remind me of a lot of it, but I would get allergy shots. Those never really worked. Sure. And just many, many, many childhood complications that 
children today do not have to go through. And I see it every day in my practice that these things are so easy to fix for the large part. And um, as I grew up, I started to have to divorce Western medicine because I started to have to find answers on my own for how to heal myself because something kept telling me that this isn't how life's supposed to be. There has to be a better way. And that yearning for an answer that I wasn't getting from common knowledge through current mainstream thought processes and what I'm referring to are doctors, that lack of knowledge led me to figure out how to heal myself. And that was what turned into my purpose. And long story longer, it ultimately culminated into discovering through becoming a, a huge medical researcher, just diving into the rabbit hole of, of the body and, and athletic training. I didn't become an athletic trainer, but I did that. I did emergency medicine. I did medical research. I did everything you can possibly think of around the human body and, and pre-med and be, going to med school. And then I found out about neurology and I went down that rabbit hole. Boy, when I went down that rabbit hole and I learned that that's what controls and coordinates everything, mm-hmm. uh, I became extremely fascinated. And that's well beyond the scope of this interview. But for those listening, there are so, there are so many things that you can read about the body that are insights into the nervous system, one of which is muscles and how muscles respond to stimuli and adaptation is all neurological. Mm-hmm. So that's the long story short. Uh, no, it's true yeah. though. Like the, the nervous system is very fascinating. Um, and people kind of don't realize what all is involved with, like the nervous system is really involved with everything in your body. Um, you know, it affects your heart, it affects your brain, it affects your digestion, it affects muscle contraction, um, how you respond, like you said, how you respond to certain stimuli. And uh, yeah, it's, and it's, what's funny is, is there's a lot that we still don't know about it. You know, there's still so much out there, like even the brain just in itself. I mean, there's so much that we have yet to learn. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see down the road, what type of changes that we see as far as the nervous system goes in our perception of it absolutely so you um you mentioned this earlier and on this podcast people have definitely heard me do rants about um you could say doctors but really just western medicine as a whole let's let's dive into that a little bit um you know what did you notice as like the current medical system and how it functions and where did you really see that start going wrong as far as medicine, caring for yourself, caring for others. And what changes did you, were you, are you looking to make now? I would like to, to keep the conversation about Western medicine succinct because as most doctors will tell you, or most people in the healthcare field will tell you, they will use the phrase, uh, medicine has its place or drugs have their place. And I, and I absolutely agree with that. What I don't agree with or do agree with is the medical literature, the abundance of medical literature, and more importantly, scoreboard, the literal hundreds of thousands of patient cases, hundreds of thousands. Why? Because I work with so many doctors that that see tens of thousands of patients a year. Mm -hmm. And that is not an exaggeration by any stretch. 
And when you start to compile databases and not all these doctors do research, nor do they have time to do the research, mm -hmm. they're busy running practices. When you see all these case profiles of people getting healthier simply by laying hands on a spine, it's, it's just fascinating. So with Western medicine, where we fall short is we are really, really, really good at what, what I did as well, which was emergency medicine. We're really good at that. And you need that. Obviously, if you cut your arm off, you got to go to the hospital. You got to go get surgery. Mm -hmm. You've got to heal that laceration at some point of contact. And that is typically and best done with emergency medicine. However, that accounts for 1% of what healthcare in the United States and the majority of first world countries uh, encounter in medicine. That's a one percentile. What about the other 99%? The other 99% is every day-to-day -day life. How does your body heal, function, and operate? What do you need to sustain this animated being? Whether you're, whether you're a religious or a spiritual or, or a scientific person, something controls and regulates our body and trying to understand what that thing is and how to best biohack or, or cause that organism us to operate at its fullest capacity is is where western medicine doesn't do a great job and and to answer the question of what i experienced with it was the methodologies were always drugs and surgeries which didn't get me any better mm -hmm. they just sometimes would would change a lab value but i could go down the rabbit hole of lab values and how inextricably poorly correlated they are sure and you can choose to study any one thing and but you but that's not real world mm -hmm. for example for people listening if you want to talk about like a lab test for some type of bacteria if you culture a bacteria out of your mouth but then you stick it in sugar to see if it grows well you just gave it its optimal environment of course it's going to proliferate there's there's billions and trillions of bacteria and viral loads and pathogens all on your body, all around your body and in your body. What ends up causing a symptom or not is entirely dependent on the habitat. Mm -hmm. So it, it comes back to the basics of, it comes back to the basics of what is our, what do our bodies require? Just like a plant, sun, movement, and sustenance and that that is again that's the void that western medicine doesn't fill and the and drugs are not a fix for anything and no doctor is going to tell you that they're a fix for anything um some will argue that they are necessary but i will argue that that people just don't put in the effort and um and that is the reality why not why not put in the effort first then if something fails, then you can say that, hey, okay, maybe this is this medication is necessary. But I'm, I'm telling you through experience that people don't put in the effort sure. required. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up correlations. And for those of you out there who don't quite understand correlations, so what that basically means, so a positive correlation means that when one thing goes up and, the, and something else go up at the same time, that creates what we think and that's not necessarily true that it creates what we think is a relationship a positive relationship um whereas like a negative correlation is when something else goes up something else goes down so like for a positive correlation for instance it would be like every time um so like every time i take this medication 
I have more energy. So because this medication is supposed to raise my energy and be, there's obviously all these reactions that happen and my energy goes up, there's a positive correlation. However, the body is a very interesting and complex being that if we try to make these correlations all the time, sometimes we kind of miss the boat. We like to make correlations because it makes things easier. And then for you know, a, a researcher, when they, when they find these correlations, that's how they become famous. Like that's how they can publish papers and they can be known is because they found this correlation. But if we kind of get fixed into this mindset of correlation equals causation, meaning that just because two things go up doesn't mean that one caused the other to go up. This is where it can kind of skew. And this is a lot of times where like, you know, media, the news, stuff like that, where they get a lot of these stories that mislead people is they find they post, they, you know, post about these correlations that happen and try to make a relationship between two specific things. And it's not necessarily the case. Would you agree? Yeah. Cool. Very cool. So how would you, so, I mean, as a chiropractor, you mentioned about spine a lot and people have their ideas of what exactly a chiropractor does and the scope of practice involved in chiropractic medicine. So describe people, what exactly does a chiropractor do and how do you feel that you are different from most chiropractors based on your focus? That's a great question. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dissect it into, into a super easy digestible uh, explanation here that everybody understands, which is your posture. I've created a term that I call true, T-R-U-E, true posture. And the reason I call it true posture is because you have your posture and in the, and in the rehab world, which is typically a fair, a physical or physiotherapeutic dominated world in that world, posture is all external. So let me look at you Maybe the best, the best scenario is going to be you're using, utilizing software that takes a picture. Person's wearing really tight clothing or very limited clothing. You get to literally see if, if there's any translations in their body, if the shoulder's higher than the other, if the ear's higher than the other, if their head's rotated normally while they're just standing there relaxed, if their feet are flared, uh, if their hip, hips off, you know, you get to see all these postural distortions. Now, what I do as a as a physician, which is something else that people don't understand, is we are physicians. We go through we go through medical school. In fact, I was just talking to uh, a radiologist that I I met here because uh, I had just moved, and we we have the same course load. Is what people don't understand. You know, we start with first year cutting open cadavers. We we listen to the heart. We learn how to palpate the liver percuss the borders. We learn everything that a medical doctor does. What we, where we differ, however, is in our approach, our tactical approach to what we believe is going to be the answer to fix the problem. If I, if I, if I hear heart arrhythmias, my first thought is not going to be a drug to fix your problem. My first thought is going to be, well, let's roll out the hardware problem. When you have a computer problem, first check to see if the power source is connected and it's getting energy. Mm-hmm. That's me. That's what I do as a chiropractor is I look at your spine. Uh, and that's back to posture. I want to see true posture. The only way to know true posture is to get an image of your spine. I can guess what it looks like with a posture pick of you with your skin on, but, and, and I can, if you have a high shoulder rotated hip, I can be more likely than not. And especially with the amount of clinical experience that I have and, and, uh, 
well-versed chiropractors have, we can say, Hey, look, I've, I have never seen a spine that was healthy that, that has an external posture like yours. So let's see what your true posture looks like. Any areas of partial distortion represent, represent weakened, damaged, and injured areas of your spine. Mm-hmm. To what extent do you have a degeneration there? Were you in a car crash at C4, C5, or were you in a car crash that caused damage to ligaments around C4, C5, and now you're, you're only 25, but the damage in your, in your mid-neck or your mid-cervical region looks like that of a 50-year-old. How could that be? Well, you could have gotten a crash when you're like 10, and those ligaments got damaged just like an ACL tear. And now they just scrape back and forth and that, that specific segment of your spine rubs back and forth. And now you have a degenerated disc or, or a herniated or extruded, extruded disc. You've got all these symptomatology because the nerves that exit your mid, your mid neck control thyroid. They control, they can control metabolic function. If it's a little lower down the, down the neck, you're talking about heart rate, respiration, asthma, things of that nature. Um, so back to what chiropractor does is we look at the spine as the source of problems first to rule that out because in, in what I specifically do as a chiropractor is I will take x-rays and I, and I believe that the latest percentage is somewhere around 5% of chiropractors take x-rays. Well, you wouldn't go to a, if you wanted to go to a dentist and get your teeth checked, how confident would you be if your dentist just said like, Hey, you know what? You know, I'm going to poke around a little bit and uh, use these uh, use this probe and see what your gum gum disease looks like from the external surface. And like, you know what? I think you might need a root canal. Now they could, with good clinical experience, have a high degree of certainty that you, maybe you do actually need a root canal. But most of your listeners are never going to have delved into this. Yeah, <laughs> dental medis- medical. Uh, or a DMD's curriculum, but I can tell you, cause I know some, um, you got to take x-rays to see, <laughs> to see how you're going to approach that root canal. Mm-hmm. And if there's actually disease in there, or is it just some type of external gin- gingival uh, disorder disease, or just who knows, maybe it's just plaque for some, you know, I'm not the dentist here. I can't give you all the differential diagnoses, but you need imaging yeah. to figure out exactly what's going on. And you wouldn't trust that. Not that you wouldn't trust them, but, but if you knew that a dentist takes x-rays and you went to one that didn't, you would be like, wait a second, where are the x-rays? Yeah. Right. So as, as for what I do, I take, I take images because in the medical research world, as, as a, a CBP doctor, chiropractic of biophysics, we look at, and we are responsible for creating a, one of the only two gold standards for spinal alignment modeling. And and the reason I say that is because when a surgeon goes to do surgery, they need to know what your spine looks like and they need to know every single angle. Mm -hmm. They don't all do that, mind you, but they do have requirements and guidelines and consensus and parameters with which if they're going to do a surgery, you have to have, let's say more than three and a half millimeters of translation in your cervical spine plus six months of failed conservative care before they can even give you, or even, even put you, we'll say, put you in the pipeline for a potential surgery and to be a potential surgical candidate. As how good we are as CBP doctors, 
we created that gold standard. I want, I want listeners to understand, like when you get to reach the top doctors in any field, you get blown away. But when you get to reach the top doctors in chiropractic, I promise you're going to be blown away. We've created the, the, not just the theoretical model, but the ideal model of the spine. And it, we go in there with, with extra imaging. We stitch radiographs together, x-rays together, and we measure every single vertebrae. You can have damage in, like I was saying, let's say it's just your mid-neck, that if you never fix that ligament instability, that person has lifelong chronic pain. And that's where, where, I, where we didn't really discuss it yet, but I do a lot of work with attorneys because not only do I approach it from the medical research world, uh, I approach it from the legal world. So if we have to go to court and say, hey, this patient not only got injured in this crash, this crash is responsible for this injury beyond a reasonable degree of certainty, I'm showcasing and proving and substantiating my care, why this patient got better from their organ health problems, not just with medical research, but also in the court of law. So I don't know how much more proof you can get that what we do is a structurally correcting, um, and I'll say paradigm shifting for, for patients and, and members that are listening. It's, it's something that people just don't know is, is there, but that, that's what I do that separates and distinguishes me from the nine, I would say nine, over, easily over 90%, probably 98% of other chiropractors, because there's not too many of us CBP doctors or structural, I'll call it structural care because there's other techniques, but we publish the most literature. So that was a long-winded answer. I apologize. No, you're good. Um, so you mentioned there about how typically there's like a protocol that we like to follow, you know, which includes you get this imaging done. They have, you know, six months of conservative care. They, you know, there's constant checking. There's constant seeing if, if there's any instability or anything going on in the spine. And you go through all this care before surgery. How much do you think we actually do that, though? Like oh, as very little. Like as a nation, do we do yeah. that? No, no, because nobody knows about. Um, like I, I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you. I haven't got to sit down with this radiologist that I've met yet. Um, um, but I know he's probably very good at at radiology. But what I can promise you is that he's still doing his residency. I can promise you because I've, I coach other doctors and attorneys. I can promise you that no matter how much schooling he's gotten, he doesn't have the knowledge specifically about spinal ligamentous injuries, simply because I, I teach and educate doctors that have been in practice for decades. And it's, it's because of this, because I'm blessed that I've chased my mentors. And that's a topic we can talk about as well. I've chased my mentors that are at the top of their game. They're like, hey, if I wanna understand the spine, where do we start? Well, let's start with what does a real, normal, ideal, healthy spine look like? And just like anything else in the body, there's an ideal, normal, healthy range, just like your blood pressure, your pH, your, your saliva pH, your, your acidic balance in your, or the bacterial balance in your gut. You know, with functional medicine, we can do bacterial challenges and gut challenges. We can do organic acid testing in functional medicine. And I do all that stuff too, but there's ideal normals. And if you're not normal, what, what are you? abnormal <laughs> exactly right and if you're abnormal wouldn't you want to find out what is causing that and wouldn't yeah. you want to take the least invasive thing first and the least invasive thing i actually have an article pulled up that i'm staring at here that one of my colleagues introduced and was was published this year i was talking about and this is actually a good word to use because not all doctors are chiro not all 
chiropractors that, that practice structural correction are chiropractic biophysics doctors. But the, the, the word they use here is primary spine care specialist. So, or primary spine care physician. So it's a physician that's specialty is in the spine. And that is what we are. And that's the kind of chiropractor you want to go see because they're really up to date with, hey, let's take imaging. Let's see, are you healthy? Do you know how many school people under, here's an easy concept for people to understand, scoliosis. Everyone understands what a scoliosis is. However, most people don't understand that the majority of them are missed. The majority of them are missed because you can't just do a standing test in school when you're young by a nurse. And this is not a diss on nurses. They're the most important. I, I'm going to argue, <laughs> doctors are going to get mad, right? That uh, the, the nurses that are well-trained are the most important staff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like the front, front desk staff are also the most important in my practice because they run the show. Yeah. When they, when they get to know our, our routines and protocols, they know as much as we do. Yeah. Um, at least, at least in as far as what we implement, you know, there's so much crap that I know that's always differential diagnoses that I, I use 1% of the time, but um, so any, this article talks about how, how important it is and how much, chronic let's correlate to something the people listening truly do know they know chronic low back pain they know chronic neck pain migraines headaches these are the top the number one four and six leading causes of chronic disability chronic pain and they're related to the spine they're the number one four and six debilitating uh, diseases in society one four and six people they're and they're directly not directly related they are directly uh resultant from a spine problem yeah so they're they're very serious um and the reason they're missed is because people these diagnoses don't these diagnoses get missed because if you're going for low back pain to a chiropractor yeah you're actually going to get pain relief but it shouldn't stop just with pain relief and you shouldn't stop going when you have pain relief just like you don't stop going to your dentist or only go to your dentist when your teeth aren't in pain or when yeah. your teeth are in pain, right? You mm -hmm. get x-rays, imaging, you follow up with spinal or with dental hygiene. You should also be doing spinal hygiene. And that's something that I teach as well is as we're fixing your spine, these rehabilitative things, these, and these functional movement thing patterns that you need to start to incorporate in your life so that your spine doesn't go back to the way it was are extremely important. So cool. So one thing you mentioned there. So um, we talk about on here, we've talked about for actually last week, we talked about with chronic low back pain about kind of the biopsychosocial model of back pain. And for those of you who don't understand, like what that means is there's so many approaches to the back. So like bio meaning like what is going on inside the body, psycho being what is going on inside the, the mind. Um, and then social being what is going on out in the world and how does all this kind of affect you now from your own opinion and experience how much do you feel that chronic low back pain is related more to like a mechanical issue like you said that you get through imaging and how much do you feel it's related to like the biopsychosocial model and all the other more of like this i guess more of the psychosocial model um that doesn't necessarily pertain to the spine specifically 
That is a question that I would say I am, I personally am particularly not just interested in, but probably, probably inadvertently very good at answering. And here's why in the, in the world of med legal and medical legal work, which is primarily personal injury, which for people listening is like car crashes, slips and falls, um, something that happens that causes you to become injured that you then need to seek an attorney for. Uh, in that world, the studies are done repeatedly to see if, if the result of the injury is due to the person's psychosomatic orientation. What I mean by that is where are they at on the psychosomatic uh, aspect? Where is their mental health? Let's talk in English. Where is their mental health? And the reason they look at that is because two, two factors. Number one, are these people motivated by financial gain because of it's a crash or whatever? So they're going after, are they going after the, the people that have the money? Are they faking it? Um, and then the other aspect to that is these people that are saying that they're injured are they actually injured? Is the pain real or is it in their head? Well, here is the irony. People listening that have been in a car crash that still have chronic pain, and it is a high percentage, Dr. Tyler, a high percentage. It's, it's at least, depending on which, which researcher you read, and I'm going to stick with the good ones, it's at least 70% after crash are still chronically injured after going through care and after getting their settlement. So what does that mean? That means they aren't motivated by the money. They got their settlement. They're still in pain and all these other organ dysfunctions that they have. I don't like to just talk about pain, but that's what the insurance companies track. And that's a very stupid way to do it. But that's maybe another podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. To go from pain to performance, which I know Dr. Tyler, for those listening, is very, is very uh, aware and up to date with performance. And I am too. Um, people follow my social media will see I'm super into, into movement. And Dr. Tyler is obviously into movement and functional movement. But back to the point, um, what gets missed, Tyler? is these people that get in these crashes, they don't get imaging. Or if they do get imaging to see, they don't get the proper diagnosis. They do not find these ligament injuries. They do not find these ACL tears for those listening. An ACL tear does not hurt. Anybody who's had an ACL tear can tell you they heard a loud pop, but it was otherwise painless. Their yeah. knee just slips. A 20, lot and doesn't stop. 10, 10 to 20 minutes later, the pain is pretty much gone. Yeah. It just doesn't feel stable. Yeah. Right? No pain, people. So if we just focused on pain, we're going to miss that. Yeah. And how serious, if you were going to court and you were like, hey, uh, I just got injured. Uh, I had an ACL tear. And they're like, well, we're going to award you money based on how much pain you're in. Mm -hmm. You're going to be like, but I'm not in pain. Oh, well, it's not that serious. You're going to be like, uh, I'm a professional athlete. I just lost my career. Yeah. <laughs> what is that worth? Yeah. And that's what happens to people, except it happens in their spine. And the only way to know that is to do injury, ligamentous injury tests. And you're not going to find it on an MRI because an MRI finds soft tissue 
And yes, if you knew exactly which soft tissue to look at, you could look at uh, a CT and, and try to determine where it was injured or not. But these MRI, I mean, I'm not going to go into the, the extreme details. I'll, I'll save that for people that really want to know. You can reach out to me, uh, especially if you're an attorney or a doctor listening and you're like, oh, I rely on MRIs. I'm going to be like, hey, they are good, but they miss way more than they find. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you need to do is you need to do ligament testing. You need to do x-rays that look at motion, because if you look at motion and during that motion, this person's spine doesn't function the way it's supposed to, AKA their body doesn't move the way it is supposed to. And you start to see what looks like an ACL tear, except it's in the spine. Mm -hmm. That is the cause of why these people are still injured decades later. Dr. Tyler, so much of this research looks at like 10, 17 years later after a crash. And these people are still injured. Why? Because these, because nobody looked at their spine. They didn't see the structure of it, let alone the ligamentous damage, which will never heal unless you get, unless you see a doctor that's trained in structural correction. And some, and, and hey, doc, Dr. Tyler, this is an answer where Western medicine is, is extremely important, right? Back to the emergency medicine. If this person has a ligamentous injury that, that even I can't correct, they might need prolotherapy or they might need a fusion. That's when those surgical guidelines come into play. So I probably lost a lot of people with, with that <clears throat> detailed explanation, but think back to posture. If your posture is so bad and the things that hold up your posture, which are all the vertebrae in your spine, if those things are messed up and the ligaments don't work, the muscles aren't going to work either because you're not getting proper neural feedback to the rest of the body saying, hey, this is how you got to function and, and work while we're moving then your posture is going to be off and it's going to stay off because what's causing the problem was never fixed because it was never even looked at. Yeah. No, and that's a good point too. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you hear people who I, I tell you what, I've, I hate car crashes because especially when you see someone who you haven't, you haven't like you, you see someone who their car accident was like 10, 20, 30 years ago and they come into you and they're like, Oh, you know, they relate to the car crash. Now, is it from that car crash? It's hard to tell. But I mean, just from that information, you can think, well, there might be a possible mechanical injury um, or joint injury going on in there. And that could potentially be why they are having the trouble that they're having. Um, Whereas like a lot of us, you know, for a lot of practitioners, like chronic low back pain is very difficult to treat because it is so multidimensional. And many people, like you said, you might have this person that they're coming in for a car accident, you're like, well, they, you know, maybe they have a low socioeconomic status. Maybe they're not very educated. Maybe this accident is an opportunity for them to actually get money and to actually win the case. But then down the line, after they win the settlement, they still have back pain. And so it's like, is it actually all of that stuff that I just said, or is it that there's actually some sort of injury going on that we don't see? Yeah. Um, cause I know for myself, this is interesting. So when I was in grad school, I was driving to see my, my now wife to surprise her. And I was driving on a turnpike and I hydroplaned and I got into a really bad car accident. And after that car, like I was fine. I have the support to be able to like get into a car accident and come out of it and be okay. But the next day I did, a, I, I went to her CrossFit gym and I did a workout there and things started to go black. <laughs> and, you know, I started to feel some tension. 
So I was thinking, well, maybe there's definitely some injury going on there, but you know, you always feel just a little bit of neck and shoulder pain afterwards. And I'm very stubborn because I just don't have the time to go see anybody unless it's really dampering what's going on in my life. But then whenever I was in school, like I started noticing a lot of neck pain sneaking up and I had one of my teachers do a hands-on assessment. And she said, you really need to get an x-ray done. Do you think I got it done? Absolutely not. But, um, you know, it's just instances like that to where you could really gain an insight and an idea, like you said, with the proper imaging and the proper movement assessment with the imaging that many of us just me being a PT even decided not to do. Yeah. And can we, can we stick on that for a second? How many people get in crashes and, and walk away? Oh, a ton. Ton. Now, do you think, let, let's, let's, I'm known for being a questioner because life, and this is for everybody listening, your last, I believe was last week's podcast talked about mental health. You want to level up your life, start asking better questions. So one of the better questions to ask in this case is, okay, what am I using to gauge how, how injured I was in this, in this crash? And I'm going to tell you (laughs) that what you're utilizing is a very, very poor metric and not just you. I mean, the one, the indefinite you people in general are using poor metrics the amount of adrenaline going through your body at the time of a crash is enough for a mother to lift the car up off of her child. Mm-hmm. The solid. amount of a yeah, solid one right. rep max there. <laughs> yeah, solid one rep max. She might have just fractured her femur lifting that car. But two things: number one, that is a solid PR. Yeah, And let us take a second and look at how amazing the human body is. Sure. Yeah. You want to talk about people who are like, don't have the energy and wherewithal to like accomplish something in life, a goal they set, man, get, get to a workshop with Dr. Tyler and I, we will start to in, in, enlighten or give you some enthusiasm and some, some peace of mind and some, some exceptional love for your own body and a, and a way and a lens and a perspective in which to view your body as this ridiculous, mm-hmm. ridiculous machine that you are in control of. Oh yeah. I mean, they say that, you know, there's different books out there, but you know, we only use about 30, 35% of our, of like what we actually have, like our max potential based off like our mental and physical capabilities. Yeah. yeah I'm sure that's probably very accurate. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah, it is. So back to the crash, somebody in a crash, look, you're, let, let me give you, let me put it in perspective to those listening. Imagine running, and this is just a low speed crash. Imagine running. Now, now you're in a protected machine that is meant to collapse, especially the newer cars. And I dive into that with the attorneys is like, hey, look, this, this patient's very injured. You don't look at the egg. When you go to buy some eggs and you want to, before you buy the eggs, what do you typically do, Dr. Tyler? You check the eggs to make sure nothing's broken. Right. So in checking the eggs, are you just looking at the outside carton? 
No, you're looking inside. Why? Because both inside and outside are important. Yeah. Well, because those cartons were meant to withstand forces. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Those cars are meant to collapse. Yeah. And even when they're not meant to collapse, it's metal that weighs tons. Imagine running. We'll go with a low-speed crash because I, I destroy those in depositions. When, and for people listening, what that means is when you're really injured and an insurance company wants to say that you're not injured and they want to be like, well, the person was only going 10 miles an hour. Physics and all this other stuff. Oh, my internet connection is unstable. Can you still hear me? Yep, I can hear you. You, you okay. went out there for a second, but... Um, okay. So, so I, I will not use, I will use the example of an egg carton and I will say outside of an egg carton to determine if the eggs are stable or healthy or whatever you look inside because for that specific reason. So the same thing is let's pretend you're running at, let's just say a slow me, slow speed moving crash, which let's just say is 10 miles an hour. Let's say 10 to 12. Imagine sprinting your hardest. Put the treadmill on 10, 12 miles an hour. Put it on 15, maybe, just to see how fast you can't go. Yeah. Okay, sprint. Then imagine yourself not slowing down because you see a wall. Imagine yourself not seeing a wall. And then like something you see on that movie Jackass where this huge hand just comes out of nowhere and smacks the person. And they have no idea it's coming. Imagine a wall just popped up out of nowhere like a video game and you just smack the wall. How bad would that hurt? Oh, it'd be terrible. Absolutely terrible. And, that is, that, and, and that's exactly what's going on in a car crash, except the only the inertia and the only momentum typically is someone's wearing a seatbelt. It's all going into the upper cervical chain. It's not just damaging the upper cervical chain, but that's primarily where the whiplash mechanism of injury occurs from. So we won't dive into those physics and the physics behind that and all, and all that fun stuff, but it's trample damage people. And what you don't understand is that you get that ACL tear. And that's why some people get out of a car crash and their arms and limbs back to the metrics we use to determine if it's serious or not, just because your arms not cut off. Doesn't mean it's not serious. Yeah. Like you've now got an ACL tear in at least one, typically multiple segments of your spine and that's why when you stand up and, and people that have especially if you have a concussion injury people that have been in crashes and they can remember that they got out of their car and just threw up you literally likely just i'm not gonna say severed because that would be a full cut of your spinal cord but you've likely just impinged your spinal cord and your body just went into a, a, a projectile vomit or, or you be start to become nauseous mm -hmm. um, or you get an instant headache. <clears throat> and that's all due to not just the nerve compression on the spinal cord, but things like the cerebral spinal fluid around your spinal cord starts to get uh, squished. Like you're just tightening a, a, a garden hose, except mm -hmm. it's, it's your cerebral spinal fluid. So anyways, <clears throat> they're serious and you have to, you have to know a doctor that knows what to look for. There's, there's all types of symptoms. Brain fog, visual disturbances, headaches, migraines, uh, back to vomiting. Uh, you just feel nauseous. All of a sudden, you're extremely tired. 
right? <clears throat> In addition to the, the nerves and the cerebrospinal fluid, you've also got hemodynamics. The blood flow to your arteries in your head aren't even working properly or the rest of your spine. I mean, there, there's just the rabbit hole. You can go down with that. Sure. But you need to get checked by somebody who knows what they're doing. Because I, another thing that I do is I will go through and review other doctor's notes. And, and I, don't, I do it out of like <clears throat> the patient's best interest. Not all doctors are trained to properly work with traumatic, what I call traumatic injuries. So if, if the doctor didn't do the correct imaging and things of that nature, it's just like an ER doctor. In fact, this is important for the listeners. If you go to the ER and they say you're fine, just, it's not nothing mean. They're not trained for that. They're trained to triage. Yeah. So you shouldn't expect them because this is not a diss on ER doctors. Do you know how smart they are? Do you know how capable they are? They're there to save your life. If yeah. you had an unstable fracture, more likely than not, they're going to catch that. But what they're not going to catch is the thing short of the fracture, Yeah, which is the ligament became completely evolved because they're not looking for that because that isn't going to end your life in that instance. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so hopefully so, I, I didn't go too far. <laughs> no, no, you're good. So we've kind of up to this point, we've kind of really talked about what can cause you know, what can cause these symptoms we've talked about, you know, where performance of the spine can really decline based off either a traumatic event or even just posture in general based on lifestyle. So let's talk about the road to recovery, performance and quality of life. So what does that kind of look like as far as, you know, you have someone come in, let's say they do have a quote unquote ACL tear of their spine, their posture is uh, suboptimal. And, you know, maybe they're going through discomfort, maybe they're not, but they're you know, they're a high functioning mother, they're, you know, a, an athlete, they're a, you know, they're a CEO who also likes to keep, take care of themselves, um, you know, father, mother, whatever, what's the road to recovery and performance look like for them? That's that is a great question. And often those people will come in with exactly what, with exactly some of the things you, you just said, which is, which is they'll be the CEO. And because they're used to using so much of their brain capacity, they've recognized that they can't think properly. They're now brain fog. Mm -hmm. Just like if your lungs decrease from, let's say, 98% function down to 95 or 90, you would notice that if you're an Olympic runner, or if you just lift and train hard every day, but you're not going to notice that if you're if you're a 50 year old who never goes to the gym, doesn't even walk. Why? Cause you're never telling your body to utilize even 30% of its full lung capacity. So you're never going to know. Yeah. Um, so the first is awareness is getting checked by somebody just like you get checked by a dentist. You need to get, everybody needs to have their spine looked at a hundred percent. Why? Because we are, we don't grow up in a society that teaches spinal health and hygiene. You need to know what your spine looks like. Why? You need to know what your ideal curves are, or you need to know what your, what your curves in your spine are, just like, you know, your blood pressure, just like, you know, your weight. The, let me ask you this, Dr. Tyler, what do you think is more important? Knowing whether or not you have a cavity in your mouth or knowing the current health of your spine. Oh, I mean, I would definitely say health of the spine, but I'm biased on that one. A dentist yeah. would probably disagree with us on that one, but yeah, I can tell you that I've, I, I've, I've, I have quite a few friends that are dentists and even they agree. I'll be like, hey, what do you think is more important? Uh, the health of your teeth or your health of your spine? If they're going to do hygiene, is it dental hygiene or spinal hygiene? They're like, I see your point. 
Yeah. Because you can replace teeth, but you can't replace your spine. Sure. And your your teeth do not control lots of things. Your spine controls literally everything. everything. Yeah. So you need to know what your spine looks like. And I call it like spinal scores or, or uh, you need to know how good or, or poor your posture is. That's number one. So get to somebody who can check that. The road to recovery is let's see where you have these injuries. Where do you have these, this spinal, this spinal dysfunction? What does it look like? Do you have a bunch of health issues? And if you have a bunch of health issues and they all correlate to the spine and your imaging shows that you have this dysfunction degeneration in your spine, you have abnormal alignment, then we work to get that corrected. In my clinic, it's, we use the acronym EAT. We take the x-rays and let's say you're, you're bent to the left and rotated. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take the opposite of that. We're gonna bend you to the right with both adjustments and these, this equipment that's called traction devices that pull the ligaments and the structure back into place. Because right now you have your body, your muscles in addition are contracting and stabilizing your spine in its current posture. Mm -hmm. But if your posture is translated, which for people that can't see, let's pretend you just shift your body to the left, but your hips, your hips stay still, but you shift your upper body to the left. That's a translation. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're translated like that and walk around like that every day, all day. The equipment is going to slowly pull you to the right. So that your spine is now aligned back over top of itself. So the road to recovery looks like, looks like that. You go through a structural corrective care program, which the goal is to see where is your current normal at or where is your current spine at and how close to the ideal normal can we get you? If you've got a fracture in your spine, we're going to have to work around that. Yeah. And, we're, and our goal is not going to be to get you back to perfect, normal, healthy because that's just not going to happen. But we can get you as close as possible. And I'll tell you what, the majority of the time, the symptoms, the health comes back irrespective, irrespective of the fact that you have one segment that's off a little bit <clears throat> or that's got a, a, a dysfunction. In addition to the traction, you, are, you need to start to incorporate spinal hygiene. That's daily stuff you do just a couple minutes a day, just like you brush your teeth, you take care of your spine. As we're working to get you back to normal, once you're back to normal, you can just keep up with your spinal hygiene. Just like you go to a dentist a couple of times a year to stay healthy. You brush your teeth every day. I'm going to give you things to do that's spinal hygiene wise. Then in addition to the spinal correction, you need to start to incorporate lifestyle modifications, which means you need to, you need as you're going through corrective care to do functional movement. What do I mean by that? Dr. Tyler can expand on that. You need to do movement patterns that support and get you back to a, a, I'll call it an operational definition. And what I mean by that is a, a model of your body that is correct. Like when you squat, you want good form, right? But mm -hmm. if your spine's translated to one of the, to one side or another, you will never have perfect form. Yeah. Why? Because your spine is not aligned. Yeah. And that, that was one of the things that I wanted to point out. Cause you see all these YouTube stars, like, let me show you how to fix your back pain. Let me show you how to squat correctly. I'm like, look, guys, none of you have talked a single iota about true posture. What does their spine look like? You cannot, you cannot perform a proper squat unless your spine's healthy in the first place. Yeah. 
and, and that's that's not trying to sound mean. That's just a, that's just a pure scientific fact. How can you do that if you've if you have a reverse cervical curve and you or a thoracic curve and you load the the bar on your spine, you're compressing that further. You're not going to get a good squat. Yeah. Um, so, in a nutshell, the road to recovery is a structural a structural a spinal a structural spinal corrective care program aimed to pull your spine back into place, get it functioning properly, which also brings the organs back online. While you're doing that, you need to do rehabilitation, which starts to strengthen the muscles around the new healthy posture. Cause right now they're holding you in the place that they've been holding you. Mm. So people listening, try, try this for fun, lean all the way forward and stick your head out and just hold it there for a couple minutes. But don't, don't have a screen in front of you. Don't read. Don't do anything. Just notice how you feel. And put your arms out in front of you, too, and hold something, right? You're, you're going to start to feel pain in your spine. Why? Because you're holding this improper posture. Mm-hmm. Your, your center of gravity is nowhere near uh, plumb line center, center mass, which means where it's supposed to be. Um, I think I basically just talked in circles now. But <laughs> you need to incorporate <coughs> functional movement so that your muscles know how to work properly in the proper position. Mm-hmm. So I like you, that. This, you can explain ahead. that better though. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, and yeah, that's, that's always the, the big thing is you want to figure out what is best alignment for you. Prep yourself by getting into that better alignment and then obviously strengthening and re um, and reestablishing that new pattern for yourself, that new correct pattern for yourself. Yep. So and that's where somebody like you comes into play, where, <clears throat> which can do for those listening that I've heard of functional movement screenings or, or um, in lay terms, an assessment of your movement. They, Dr. Tyler can assess your movement. What does your movement actually look like? Do you even walk properly? Do, do your feet flare out? Is that a structural issue? Oftentimes it is. Can you fix it with, with, with only exercises? Not always. And, and, and worse, what you don't want to do is, is strengthen muscles around an improper structure. Yeah. Right. If your pelvis is rotated and you strengthen all those muscles to give the appearance of a now inverted foot that was everted, that foot's not actually back in proper posture because your hip was out. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. I confuse more people than (laughs) (laughs) now. So that uh, and this is actually a really good segue to kind of bring this in for a landing. So on the show, we always end the show with we have three big takeaways for everyone, three big action steps that um, people can take off this podcast, implement it today to in this situation, improve their spine, fix their spine, put themselves in a better situation. So you, I mean, we've, we've covered a lot here to where you could potentially pick, but if you had to pick three action steps today, what would you say, what would you recommend for people to do? Oh, this is, this is extremely simple. First and foremost is get to a doctor of chiropractic like myself that can get imaging on you and see exactly what your spine looks like. So you know where to start. So you know what, what problems in your life right now are likely correlated to and not just correlated to i'm just going to tell you they're caused by your spine 
there's a lot of things like asthma, allergies, chronic issues that you think have nothing to do with your spine. You've never even taught that, that go away with that. Mm -hmm. uh, especially energy issues, <clears throat> energy, sleep issues. So get to somebody that can take care of that. If you're anywhere near Dr. Todd and I, obviously come see us. If you're nowhere near that, then we can find somebody near you. The second important action step is something we can follow up with. Anybody that, that wants access to videos and spinal hygiene stuff, I teach my patients what spinal hygiene is from day one. I'm like, hey, look, here's our goal. We're, we're, we're starting to correct your spine. But as we're correcting your spine, these muscles need to know how to activate and fire properly around what is going to become your normal healthy spine. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that once you get out of your specific exercises, just like a doctor prescribes medications, and the goal should be to get you off. It should sure. be a temporary assistance to the fix. Okay. I'm going to be giving you exercises that are only given to you until we get your spine back to normal. If you're to the right, I'm going to translate you to the left. Once you're back to midline, guess what? You're not going to be translating to the left anymore. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So those are specific rehab exercises that you're not going to, that aren't, I don't call those spinal hygiene. Why? Because they're not things you're going to do for the rest of your life. We can give you videos and I have tons of videos and future videos that are going to come even more specific that are spinal hygiene. That's action step number two. And then the third action step would be get to somebody like Dr. Tyler that can start to teach you um, or myself. T Dr. Tyler can teach you functional movement patterns, day-to-day -day life. And here comes the kicker. We talked a lot about traumatic causes of spinal issues. The most common cause of spinal issues are not traumatic. That's just one that people understand easily. Most of them, and I actually have a study pulled up here that I wanted to talk about, so I'll, I'll talk about it just for like 30 seconds, not even, is lifestyle issues. This study right here is, is from the Asian Spine Journal, and it, it literally shows five different seats and what your spine looks like when you sit on these seats. Some seats have a back lumbar support. Some are just like a, a stool. They're, they're all weird looking, and one of them is with somebody sitting cross-legged they all take your normal healthy lumbar curve and completely distort them or reverse them except for the one with the lumbar support. So what's the point of me telling you that study? The point of me telling you that study is that we need to change your ergonomic environment. You're working at work eight hours plus a day. You're sitting eight hours plus a day. If you're sitting in a posture that is opposite of normal healthy, what do you think happens over time? You adapt. Chronic poor, yeah. <laughs> Chronic poor posture changes structure. Well, guess what? We use that same concept to fix your structure. So lifestyle modifications is, is action step number three, but you're going to have to get, get to somebody like Dr. Tyler and myself. They can, they can help you fix up those ergonomic things. Um, I'm glad I didn't do any shameless plugging in this because you just did it all for me. So yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, such a good, such a good episode. So many good takeaways. Um, Dr. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Um, again, great takeaways for everybody and just a good way for people to, I, I hate to use the word holistically, but holistically approach to their spinal health more than just, you know, guys, a lot of times people like to just go to a quote unquote spinal specialist or quote unquote, like a nerve doctor or quote unquote um, pain management doc. And they just kind of get this quick fix that's not so much a fix it's just a quick and you know this just is a quick so this stuff is uh 
this stuff is really going to help you with that. So very good. Dr. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. How can people find you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Um, people can find me on right now. Instagram is at the Dr. Livingston, which is T-H-E-D-R Livingston, which is L-I-V-I-N-G-S-T-O-N. Um, they can also find my company's website, which is currently undergoing reconstruction, which is Forged Medical, which is F-O-R-G-D medical m-e-d-i-c-a-l.com forgedmedical.com uh, i'm also on facebook um they can just they can even just email you as well um and i want to say one last thing too that in addition to thank you for having me on for people that listen to dr tyler you don't know how good of a of a practitioner uh, a physiotherapist i like that term a lot too he is because because likely you haven't gone to like 20 different of them physical yeah. therapists to see yeah. how good he is and how much he cares and in his clinic he has mindset everywhere <laughs> um so you get so much more from dr tyler and i can just promise you that because i i work with and coach a lot of these people and he he's he's also local obviously to me but but anyways that's how they can find me. Thank you again, Dr. Tyler. I appreciate that. My head's now going to be way too big to fit through the door. So, um, no, very good. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thank you all for checking out this week's episode of the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. If you would like more content that is easily implementable and no BS, you can join our Facebook page at Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. Uh, to learn more about Inner Strength, visit our website at innerstrengthpgh.com or you can simply email us, us at info at innerstrengthpgh.com. We have two locations in Pittsburgh right now. One is our West location in Coriopolis slash Robinson, PA. And our second location, which just recently opened, is in the South in Lawrence, PA, in the southern part of Pittsburgh. We also partner up with K-Specific Nutrition. They are a locally owned business full of dietitians, registered credentialed dietitians who can help you with just general nutrition, sports needs, and also medical information. You can also contact me at Tyler at innerstrengthpgh.com or check me out on social media at drperiodtyler underscore Bordick. Thank you all again. We'll see you on next week's episode.